episode number 145. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast, where you'll learn how to get unstuck, get clear, and live your life deliberately. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're signing up to listen to, I'm the creator of The Unstuck Method and The Clear Way, two groundbreaking self-help tools that promote your emotional health and well-being. I'm the author of the book, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and I'm currently writing my second book, Living Deliberately. I teach all about these tools in my workshops, retreats, and coaching programs. I'm married to a wonderful husband named Boaz, and I'm the mother of four children. I'm an avid yogini, and I'm passionate about composing music. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, and now for today's episode. Hello, my friends, and thank you for joining me today. Well, here we are. If you tuned into last week's episode, you will have heard that I have been going through some growing pains, both personally and professionally, and I consider growing pains actually a really good thing, because while it may be uncomfortable sometimes to grow, growing pains are indicators that, well, you're growing. And the truth of the matter is, that is the place I would rather be in than being in non-growth. I'd rather be in a place that is expanding and contracting rather than being in a place of non-movement. And this is exactly where my life is. And if you are implementing the tools and teachings that I am offering you on a weekly basis, I imagine that you may be in a similar place like me. So if you are new to my podcast, welcome. If you have been listening from episode one, I would like to just take a moment and share with you what is going to be different moving forward and what you can expect from me. So one minor change is that after much thought and after some conversations with some important people in my life and with some of you, my dear listeners, I decided to change the name of the podcast from Getting Unstuck to Living Deliberately. I decided to make this change because, as I've mentioned, the work I'm doing in my personal life and the work that I'm doing with my clients is incorporating getting unstuck, but it's not all about getting unstuck. It's now also about getting clear and moving forward and living deliberately, and I wanted my podcast to reflect all of that. If you are a subscriber to this podcast, which I hope you are, and if you're not and you listen with a podcast app, please consider clicking subscribe right now so that you don't miss an episode. So anyway, if you are a subscriber, there's absolutely nothing you need to do. You don't need to search for the podcast. You don't need to resubscribe because technically, even though I've changed the name of the podcast, everything is still the same. So the name of the podcast has changed and the cover image for the podcast has changed but the podcast location in cyberspace has remained the same, and all of my earlier episodes are staying as is. The other minor change to this podcast will be how I offer my content with you each week. I will still continue to share stories with you, but I also would like to dedicate each week to another teaching that relates to either getting unstuck or getting clear. Up until now, I haven't done so much teaching, and I feel that I have so much more to offer you, 
And I don't want to be remiss simply because I'm focusing on sharing my personal stories. So from now on, you can expect from me one episode a week on Tuesdays, just like it's been up until now for the past three years. But you can also expect a teaching to take home with you. Before I go into today's teaching, I would like to share with you one beautiful response I received from Leona inside the Getting Unstuck Facebook group, which, by the way, has also changed names to Living Deliberately. So if you are not a member of that Facebook group, please consider finding me over there. Anyway, Leona wrote, Successful leaders embrace change. They realize that life is like a flowing river, always changing. They transform their businesses and passions with thoughtful, purposeful steps. Change on purpose, Shira, with the courage and confidence you have within you. So thank you, Leona, from the bottom of my heart and to everyone else who supported me through this process for your thoughts and your suggestions, your considerations, and your support. You have no idea how much that meant to me. Okay, so without further ado, I would like to begin the first episode of the Living Deliberately podcast with self-awareness. And the reason I want to begin a teaching on self-awareness is because this is where it all begins. If you don't have self-awareness of your thoughts, if you don't have self-awareness of your emotions, or of what you want, or what you want to feel, or anything related to that, you probably will not have much success in doing the work that I share on this podcast. And I'm starting off brutally honest because if you want to create change in your life, self-awareness has to be the first spot. More times than not, many of us are not living in self-awareness. And so our minds automatically manage us. And the way the mind manages us is by thinking in old ways and patterns that we've already thought of in the past. Our minds like to be really efficient in the way they work, and the most efficient way for our minds to work is the path of least resistance. That is, thinking in ways that it's already thought before. And the reason for this is because it doesn't require a lot of energy to think old thoughts. And so if the mind has already thought of something in the past, it is going to go to that thought first, before thinking a new thought, even if that old thought isn't serving you. This is really important, my friends, so let's just stop there for a moment. I'm going to give you a random example, and then I'll share a personal story for you. Let's say that you're trying to create a new morning routine where you wake up earlier than usual and you use that time to exercise. In the past, you may have had that idea But when the morning arrives and you are tired and you don't want to get out of bed and it's cold outside, there's a good chance you're going to hit the snooze button because that is something you have done before and for your mind, it's really easy to do that. In fact, it's the easiest thing to do in the moment because the mind doesn't have to think so hard, right? It just needs to hit the button and then you go back to sleep. What is really hard for your mind in that moment is to hold on to a new thought, a new belief, such as getting up now is going to do wonders for my day, right? That takes a lot of energy for your mind to do because it's demanding your mind to create a whole new set of neural networks which it doesn't yet have. 
And so your mind, in a way, works against you. Can you see that? Your mind is saying, go back to sleep, when what you really want to do is get up. And in this podcast, we're going to go deeper into understanding the mind and why this happens. But for now, I just want to point out that if you are looking to create change in your life, it's going to take effort. And by effort, I don't just mean physical effort, but I mean mental effort, because it's going to require of you to create new ways of thinking, not just new ways of doing things. Let me give you a personal example. Last week, I went to open the door of our laundry machine so I could go hang the laundry. The door of the laundry machine faces forward, and there were things on the ground blocking the machine. And so instead of moving the things over and standing in front of the machine, I kind of reached from the side and I twisted myself, I guess, in a weird way. And then boom. I don't remember hearing a click, but I froze because I couldn't move. And then I went into immense pain. And while I have never done anything like this in my life before, I figured I just pulled a muscle. So I continued on with getting the laundry out and hanging it even though I was in tremendous pain. For the next three days, I was laying on the floor of my living room, screaming from pain, not only from the muscles, but from the electric shocks I was receiving each time I did a wrong movement, which I never knew what was causing it. I was crying not only from the pain and from not being able to walk and not being able to be with my kids and not being able to do pretty much anything, but I was crying because I got into this situation. Now, where did my mind go? You want to guess? <laughs> my husband. My mind went to blaming him for the fact that I was laying on the living room floor in pain. It makes no logical sense, right? But my mind is so used to blaming my husband for everything that goes wrong in my life that that's where my mind went. How could I have possibly blamed him for this? Well, actually, the first place my mind went was blaming the machine. I kept retelling my story to people, and I kept calling the machine the stupid machine. <laughs> Why was it stupid? Because the door of the machine was facing out rather than facing down. And why does that matter? Well, it doesn't really matter because the same thing could have happened if the door of the machine was facing down. The point is, I was blaming the machine, the stupid machine, for getting hurt. Then I noticed my mind blaming my husband for the fact that there were loads of clothes on the floor blocking the laundry machine because he's in charge of putting the laundry in each day and I'm in charge of taking it out and hanging it and folding it. And if the room would have been neat, I wouldn't have had to twist myself like I did. I also blamed my husband for being cheap because our machine was a quote-unquote gift from my sister and brother-in-law when we moved here about 11 years ago. This was the machine that they had, they probably had it for like 10 years, and they wanted to get a new one, and so they gifted it to us. I think it's kind of small, which means we're doing laundry all of the time. And if my husband weren't cheap, 
we would have a large laundry machine and I wouldn't have gotten hurt. See? Now logically, none of this makes sense. But this is my whole point. Our minds think in patterns and habits that don't necessarily serve us, and unless we are aware of the way our minds are thinking, we're going to think in the same ways forever. And our lives are not going to change. And the reason our lives will not change if we're thinking the same thoughts is because our thinking creates our reality. So if I keep thinking the same way about the same person, or the same way about my job, or my neighbor, or my friend, or my husband, I'm going to have the same exact relationship I have with them now. Nothing is going to change. The only way you can create change in your life is if you change your thoughts. That's it. It's really as simple as that. And so there I was in pain, unable to walk, unable to cook, unable to carry anything, let alone teach my yoga classes or go on walks or even sit at the piano. And I was blaming the stupid laundry machine and I was blaming my husband for all of it. How was that helping me in my life? It wasn't. But it felt good for my mind to blame something because where else would my mind rest or where else would my mind kind of be anchored in if I didn't have something to blame it on? What am I going to think of? Gratitude in that moment? That's certainly like not the natural place for the mind to go, right? The mind tends to go in recycled thoughts. And my mind has blamed my husband in the past. And so my mind went there. The mind doesn't necessarily want to think new thoughts because that expends energy. Your mind would rather think old thoughts. And it's these old thoughts that keep us stuck in our old patterns and our old lives because our thoughts end up creating our reality. So I quickly took myself through the unstuck method and I considered it is what it is and there's nothing I can do about it now. And so the result of not getting stuck was that I didn't call my husband while he was at work and I didn't leave him a text message and I didn't cry to him when he came from work about why all of this was his fault. In fact, if anything, I only cautioned him that the next time that he does laundry, he should be aware of not doing that little twist thing that I did because I don't want this to happen to him. Totally different scenario, right? One is I'm blaming someone or something outside of me for my problems. And the other is recognizing that the thing outside of me has no ability to cause me to feel anyway. I get to choose how I feel. I get to choose how I think, no matter what is going on outside of me. And this comes from a practice of self-awareness, and this is the basis of all of the work I do with getting unstuck and getting clear and living deliberately. Now, the process of becoming self-aware, while it may be simple, is not necessarily always fun. And the reason it's not necessarily always fun is because when you become self-aware, you begin to see things about yourself that you may not necessarily like, such as sometimes we play the victim, right? And we blame other people for our problems, just like I did with the laundry machine story. And sometimes we make commitments to ourselves and we don't keep them. Or sometimes we have thoughts about things or people and we're not necessarily proud of them. But here's the thing. 
While the process of becoming self-aware isn't necessarily fun or easy, it is so worth going through this process because it's only when you become self-aware that you really have a starting place to go from. In other words, I can't really get unstuck unless I know what I'm stuck on and what I'm thinking. Otherwise, I'm just blaming everything that's outside of me, which is never going to get me anywhere. So how can you become self-aware? Well, there's lots of ways. Simply sitting quietly for a few minutes each day will totally help you become aware of your thoughts. This is a practice I do each morning. Going on a retreat, specifically a silent retreat, such as the ones I lead, can really help you recognize your daily habits and patterns, and they can wake you up to realizing new ways of thinking and feeling and living. Writing in a journal is a fantastic way to become self-aware, as you can then take the thoughts that are in your head and take them out and put them onto paper for you to literally see what was going on inside of you. Working with a coach or another professional is a great way to become self-aware, as that person can guide you to see things that you might not be able to see about yourself. And finally, being a part of a supportive community, such as my group program called The Journey, is a fantastic way to become self-aware. Because in such an experience, you are not only practicing to become self-aware, you are observing others while they are on their personal journeys. And you get to learn from them as well, which impacts your own self-awareness. So really, there are endless ways to practice self-awareness. The question is, which do you prefer? Not everything I mentioned above is for everyone, and the best way I have found to stick with any new routine that you're trying to bring into your own life is to find something that really works for you, something that you enjoy, something that makes sense to you, something that you just really see the value in it so that you consciously make it a part of your life. I challenge you today and do a little practice of self-awareness. I would love to hear from you about your experience. My friends, I am so excited to be back here next week and the week after and the week after and continue sharing with you teachings and thoughts and tips and stories, of course, to help you get unstuck and to propel you forward so that you can begin to live your life deliberately. Thank you so much for tuning in. And in case no one has told you yet today, and even if they have, I love you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately podcast. If you liked what you heard today, and if you haven't done so already, please be sure to click on the subscribe button in your listening app so you'll never miss an episode. And please consider leaving me a review. If there's something you heard in this episode that really spoke to you, please consider sharing it with a family member or friend. For more information on my workshops, programs, and retreats, please visit me at shiragora.com. See you next week.